WTF! You're on the series What the Future! What the Future aims to dive deep into hot topics that you, the youth, may be scratching your heads about. Basically, we ask tough questions so you don't have to. What the f- What's up guys? Welcome to another episode of WTF What, what the, the future. future. So what is the future? <sighs> it's yet to be seen. Yeah, it's really yet to be seen. I think today, you know, we're going to deep dive into a topic that mm. really, you know, has spanned our entire lifetime from zero to a hundred. It's digitalization, yes. Honestly, I have no idea what that is, but What the Future is a podcast series brought to you by the National Youth Council in partnership with the Singapore Institute of International Affairs. And I think that uh, we really need to dive into this because I am very confused about what it is. We can't exist without technology these days. And I think both of them are very interconnected, right? But what does that mean for the youth these days? Because the digital world mm. is moving at a pace that is so fast. I can't even wrap my head around it. Luckily, today we are joined by two experts in this field yeah. of digitalization. That's right. We've got the Director of Strategy for Tech for Good, Mr. Martin. Welcome. Hello. Yes, yes, yes. Hi. Also, the co-founder and CTO of Accredify, Mr. Derek. Hello. Thank you guys for joining us so much today. So let's talk a little bit about what you guys do in your field of work. Yeah. Well, um, the Tech for Good Institute is a fairly new institute. It's about one year in running. Um, the intention of the institute is really to drive research as well as dialogues on how can we shape the trajectory of growth in the digital economy for Southeast Asia. Uh, there's a lot of excitement uh, in the region as well as the work that is going on in the digital economy. So how do we navigate some of these things together as a society? That's something that the Tech for Good Institute does. So um, through the work of the whole year this year, we've been able to interact with many entrepreneurs, uh, many policymakers, as well as youths who are at the forefront of driving this change. Cool. Yeah. Well, glad to hear that, Martin. And uh, Derek, what about Credify? We work directly with the source to issue verifiable and digital credentials. So what that means now is the schools are able to issue verifiable and digital transcripts and certificates directly to the students. And the students, if they lose it, they can easily re-download and they can easily share it with prospective employers. And all employers need to do is just verify it instantaneously without the need to go through the school or any other forms of verification. And yeah, same thing applies for healthcare. The healthcare institutions can issue those COVID-19 test results directly to you. And before you fly, you can just go to the airport, present the QR code and you can get boarded. Oh. So we're kind of in like the trust layer. Yeah. Thank you uh, for yeah, that. Uh, oh my gosh. He basically made everybody's yeah. lives easier. Uh, thank you, Derek, for your contribution to society. Yeah. But you know, digitalization, mm. this word, right? It's, it's been kind of a buzzword in mm. recent years. But I can't quite wrap my head around it. Oh, I think the first, it's, it's important to recognize a few things, right? Number one, it's why it's been a topic of great interest. It's because with digitalization and technology, there's this whole entire premise that there's a great deal of promise that brings to society, right? To empower people, provide them with the earning opportunities, uh, and thereby just being able to improve their lives at scale. Um, and being able to do that at scale and fast in a generation or rather in a time that we have never been able to see before. And I think it will continue to be so, um, just because of the impact and the scale that it has uh, to the broader society at large. If I were to talk about digitalization in the last two years, right, I would say the COVID-19 pandemic definitely impacted digitalization a lot. I think on one hand, it accelerated the adoption of digital tools um, in many industries. So for example, businesses had to quickly adapt 
to remote work and social distancing measures. So that's where all our video conferencing tools and online collaboration platforms came into play and that helped people to work from home easier. And then there's also the growth of e-commerce and contactless payment and made it possible for people to shop and pay for goods and services without ever being physically at the store or in the country for some people. But on the other hand, the pandemic also highlighted the digital divide and the challenges faced by some individuals and communities when it comes to assessing um, digital technologies. For example, people who do not have laptops, people who lack high-speed internet access or people who just do not have the necessary digital skills. And these people may struggle to fully participate in the digital economy. So I think overall, the pandemic has both accelerated but also expose the challenges of digitalization. That's actually a very good point because right as you're, you're speaking of this, right, we, we know that digitalization has brought along many challenges along with opportunities. Yep. But what are some of these things that you could touch on? I think when it comes to opportunities, first, we already know that digitalization is widely accepted um, and really widely used. So people would know that going digital would bring about increased efficiency and productivity. Right now, it's easier to share information and access information. It's easier to connect with people from overseas and collaborate with them. And I think something really cool is um, there's no physical boundaries anymore. So your surgeons are able to perform surgery using remote uh, robotic surgery. What? Yeah. And I mean, we, we also see it at home and other stuff online, right? No, but like heart <laughs> surgery, surgery is different yeah. than ordering food online. It's possible. A couple of years ago, I was at this talk and this company, what they were trying to do, they were basically an audit company and they have to be physically present at the place where they have to audit, right? But they all they had to do was just get one of the employees to wear all these three AI goggles right. and then uh, they could just do the audit uh, without being physically there. So it's really, really cool. But you see, with opportunities come challenges. Mm. And the problem is, the same set of opportunities can apply the same for bad actors. So now it is easier for them mm. to spread fake news, uh, create deep fakes that can create mass confusion and which is why there's also a rise in online scams. And of course, the digital divide that I, I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah. No, I thought it's important to also maybe highlight some of the stats uh, just to give everyone a bit of a flavor as to what's actually going on today in Southeast Asia. We have heard a lot about the momentum of people going online and all that stuff. So I think to cite some of the stats that have come out from um, the work done by our friends um, at Bain, Google and Tomasit thus far, 25% of the population in Southeast Asia still isn't online. Mm. Although in Singapore, it's pretty much like everyone is. That's almost 150 million if you're talking about in Southeast Asia. That's the size of, larger than Japan or Mexico. 150 million people still do not have access to internet. And just slightly over one in three of the small and medium enterprises, I'm talking about the, the hawker stores that you see across Singapore and Malaysia, um, the, the bankils, what we call the mechanics right, in Indonesia, the sari-sari stores across Philippines who still do not use online technologies at all. That's They're crazy. Still because if you think about it, I believe the mobile penetration rate in Singapore is more than 100%, which means that a lot of people in Singapore have more than one phone. Exactly. But then 150 million people exactly. in Southeast Asia are yes. not even on the grid. Yeah. Wow. In addition to that, then there is this whole issue of the underbank and unbank, where six in ten Southeast Asians are still in that category. But therein also then lies the opportunities for us to serve, right? For the technopreneurs, the change makers, the youth who are listening in, right? Is that, hey, like, 
this is where innovation, traditionalization can come in. And not just on the cutting edge of technology where all the fancy gadget stuff that does that, but also innovations in business model. So perhaps I wanted to just share three areas where I think will be quite interesting for those listening in to focus attention on. I think the first, it's the whole issue of fintech, right? Mm. The entire fintech world is now, it's insane. There's lots of developments going on. What do I mean by that? Everything's on micro. You can do micro payments, micro insurance, micro loans, everything can be done micro. And this is only possible because of technology. The second one is what we call the delivery tech. Anything that serves you from point to point. And we are not just talking about bringing you as a person mm. from point A to point B, but also goods from point mm. A to point B, um, information from point A to point B, delivery. That's something that we see it because it expands opportunities for people to reach out to new segments. Like blockchain? Ex well, I guess fundamentally at the back end of it, but not all. It's also quite complex with regards to blockchain. Let's not go there. No, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, that's yeah. Not one. Um, the, the third one, it's really the whole issue of health tech. And believe it or not, Southeast Asia is one of those regions in, um, in the world that is very underserved from healthcare. You know, to many other people in Southeast Asia, they don't even have access to a clinic. And what more, getting access to medication. Mm. But now with technology, we're able to augment that and bring them closer to that. And one of the interesting things about these different verticals is that underpinning it is the important work that people like Derek is doing and his team at Credify, which is building a layer of trust in the digital economy. Without trust, people will have, will, they'll, be, they'll be cynical about the effects or the, the promise that technology brings. We also spoke about the digital divide. And while the youth may be a bit more trusting towards such technologies, I think um, there comes a generation, like the older generation, where they're still a bit hesitant mm. to go full in on this, right? How do you think the youth can help them in that re regard? Mm. I think youths are, we're born in a generation where we have some form of digital skills or at least we grew up with all these tools so we kind of know how to use them. And what we can do is we, we don't have to think of it as how can I help um, the older generation or all of the older generation at one go, but rather we, how can we help um, our own family, our own grandparents. And I think if everyone does that, then it kind of just, it, it has a ripple effect. You know how our parents or grandparents they have their own WhatsApp group, right? So they, you just need to teach one, and then I think they were gonna they're gonna do the same. It's the WhatsApp group that you get. Yeah. Good morning messages. Forward, yes, yes, yes. Forward many, many times. times. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. With the memes yeah. and all that. Yeah. I mean, the funny thing is, when we were growing up, our parents would tell us, you know, don't believe everything that you see on the mm. news. Yeah. Now we have to tell them, yeah, don't yeah. believe everything you see on Facebook. But even as youths, um, I don't think we are shielded from the same set of risks and problems that currently plague society with regards to fraud, to scams, um, uh, and all the misinformation that is there. I think we ourselves need to also remind ourselves that, hey, like we are also subject to yeah. the same amount of risk. <laughs> yeah. You know, just because we're digital native doesn't mean we know everything. Um, the world that we know today will be very different tomorrow or the week later or even a couple of years down the road. Well, I mean, the both of you are in tech jobs, mm. right? Um, how did you find yourself in a tech job? And did you have any other career before that? Yeah, so I started coding when I was probably 12 years old. Whoa! So I started from what, a really, What language really were you coding age. in? Um, that was Java back then. Because um, I, I, I like playing games a lot. And, but what I don't like is putting in the hours to gain a really, really high level and good equipment. So you hack? No, I, I don't hack. I, oh. I replicated the original Hacker server. Hacker alert! 
<laughs> oh, so you did a private server of the private, game? I did a private server. Like of, what, um, MapleStory? Uh, yeah, that was one of it. Um, there, there were a couple of games that Maybe I we liked. play in his private server, you never know. Probably. <laughs> yeah. maybe. It was quite popular back then. No, I'm sure yeah. we did. Yeah, okay. And I think with that, I started to get a little bit more entrepreneurial. Like I was making money from my private server. I was selling weapons and levels <laughs> to my friends. I was like, oh, yeah, wow. you, you want to be max level in one day? Wow. <laughs> so so that's very interesting. You started out from a young age with an interest in programming from gaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eventually now you're a startup founder. You're a legitimate. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. How can the next generation kind of cultivate this, you know, as we mm. move along? Mm. Firstly, education. Um, mm. Right now we have, we can, we, we already have that included in our curriculum, I believe so. And existing workers can continuously upskill themselves um, so that we everyone would have the necessary digital skills to equip um, for the digital space. Mm, access, and we were also talking about innovation. I think we can also start to foster the culture of innovation right from school. So if there are more partnerships between private sector entities and governments and academia, then we can create a digital economy that is more sustainable, innovative, and inclusive. Yeah, I think talking about um, schools, it would be a good time to kind of talk about the AEP program as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, that's what we touched on mm. at the start, the Asia Ready Exposure Program. That's something that um, allows the youth to have an understanding of, you know, all of these different um, like social, mm. uh, cultural, political dimensions of the uh, countries all over exactly, Southeast Asia. Yeah. And you can also learn about, you know, this digital divide all across different cities and, and be exposed to opportunities beyond just Singapore. Because mm-hmm. if you just think about Singapore, yeah. it's a very narrow-minded kind yes. of view. Mm. I think a, a good question to ask right now would be that if any of the youth, right, want to, let's say, join a Credit 5 or want to join, you know, um, any kind of tech company and they come up to you and they say, you know, I'm interested in this, but I don't have any kind of like digital background or any tech background. Will you still take me in as a mm. employer? Well, employee? I think that depends on the role that they are applying for. The tech industry is huge. There are a lot of roles. And if you're able to do something like marketing or strategy, business development, then there's always a role for you that doesn't require you to have digital skills at the start. These are things that can be trained on later on. There, there's uh, a lot of <clears throat> things you could do in the tech industry that, that don't necessarily yeah. require technical yeah. skills. You've got like business management, mm. digital law, mm. government regulations, policy, sustainability, Correct. marketing, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you an example. I have no digital experience, no technical experience, zero, right? But when I was uh, 19, I took an internship in Cambodia mm. and I was supposed to be an editor for an online um, tech blog in Cambodia mm. called Geeks in Cambodia. Shout out, right? And I was like, <laughs> well, I don't know anything about this. How am I going to contribute to this? But after starting on the job, I, I, you know, I had to go around interviewing people. I interviewed um, tech creators who actually started, for example, a mobile app, an agricultural app to help rural farmers in Cambodia mm-hmm. understand market prices for their goods. So they know how to price their goods, they know how to stay competitive in the market. And I don't need tech experience to do that. Mm. But 
through my journalistic experience, I'm able to then spread the word about that to the rest of the region. Coming back to this, I think for the youth sitting in and if you feel that, hey, like, I've never had an opportunity to dip my toes in the world of tech, mm. um, given my circumstances, or like, I haven't had the opportunity to do so because sometimes the threshold to enter into these opportunities are quite high because everything's so competitive, right? Like, you do not have experience but someone else has, right? So how do you level up to that? Is that actually now, there's a lot of things that you can also do even without going into these opportunities directly. So say for example, I always find that, you know, if you're a user of Twitter, you're a user of YouTube, and you see something about it that is like, hey, this is quite interesting. Like, why are the algorithms such as, as such? Like, how, how, why are they not kind of optimizing for me? Mm -hmm. And you do like a little bit of a one or two pager on like, okay, this is, I think, ways in which maybe from the product perspective, you can improve on certain things. And then you, you, you basically create something out and, you know, LinkedIn is now all over, right? And you find someone who is like in either in YouTube looking at product, right? You can identify them and stalk them online. Right, and just say that hey, like I wanted to drop you a message. Like I'm from Singapore, you know. This is what I've learned, or like what I'm observing. Yes, a little one page that might help you in your product design. Please, like this is a suggestion I have mm. from coming from Southeast Asia. I hope that you find it useful, and I think that sends a signal out that you are interested in the field, but you have not been able to get the opportunities yet, which is fine. But you are taking proactive steps to get yourself closer. And I think this is the kind of spirit that we need mm. from the youths. Absolutely. I think there's so many ways that, you know, the youth can um, get involved in the tech mm, industry. Yes. And that comes with any industry. You can't just yeah, sit there correct. and wait for things to fall into yeah. your lap. You yeah. gotta, you know, take proactive steps. And with Google these days, you literally have to answer to anything and everything. Mm, I agree. Yeah. Um, but my question is that, you know, there are so many different tech careers and so many different careers in this industry as well. But it's ever-changing. Right. So what can the youth expect for the future of the tech when it comes how to careers? How to be prepared, Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we all mentioned how it was ever-changing and how fast and fast-paced and dynamic it is. So I think as long as you're always updated on the latest trends and technologies and you stay flexible and mm. adaptable, then I think you're kind of ready for whatever changes that comes along. But I think one very important piece of advice um, that not directly related to the tech industry, but just for everyone is um, to really go out and network and connect with other people so that you can create and maintain your own strong social network yeah. of luck and with a strong social network of luck that will help you to maximize opportunities later in life. Yeah, I can't emphasize the fact <laughs> on, you know, for those of you who are extroverted, help to open the doors for mm, those who are not. Mm. Yes. You know, open the space a bit more, bring them <laughs> along. And I think that's something that we should all look out for for each yes. other. Yeah. The world is going to be very difficult and going to be very uncertain. And I think this is where, I think just working with each other and continue to be plugged in, I think that's something that will be useful for us. Yeah, yeah, there's enough of the pie to go around. And <laughs> yeah. like Martin said, kindness goes a long way. So yeah. I think that's a very lovely way to end mm. today's podcast. Yes. Um, thank you very much to Martin and Derek for joining us today and sharing it with us, you know, your uh, many escapades from young <laughs> like coding reference <laughs> yes but I think we've learned a lot about digitalization and the future as well and what mm. to expect I think Jermaine and I are very prepared I got my thinking cap on for to prepare myself for the future okay. as well as my iPhone and iPad <laughs> that's all you need <laughs> that's um, all I need so thank you very much for joining us on this episode of WTF What, what the, the future. future and next week we are going green I'm gonna wear a green t-shirt or okay. a green jacket. I'll wear something green too. Um, we're going to be talking about sustainability. sustainability. Um, this has been making its rounds over the past few years and it really affects 
all of us, you know, um, our future on this earth, especially. Yes, but remember to go and visit the National Youth Council's Facebook and Instagram page and leave your comments about what you think about digitalization that we've all talked about today. Yeah, you can also learn more about what's happening in the region and sign up for related events by visiting the Asia Ready resource page at youthtopia.sg. Yes, uh, make sure that you check out what they have there and also see where you can plan for your own future mm -hmm. because that's digitalization in itself. Fake it till you make it! But we'll catch you next week on another episode of What <laughs> the Future. Woo! Hype <laughs> <Hey>, man. <laughs> <laughs>